it's the Luke and Pete Show. It is Monday, a 6th of a September. I nearly said October. I'm wishing the entire year away, Luke Moore. Luke Moore is with me on Luke and Pete Show. Hello, Luke. How you doing? How's it going? I mean, the time does go so fast these days anyway that, I mean, it wouldn't be surprising to wake up tomorrow and it'd be, it'd be October, baby. Mm, it's 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 been a weird old uh, summer, but as true Englishmen, true British people, we are talking about the weather once again, or at least I am. We're in for a bit of a, a an Indian summer, a bit of a heat wave this week. I know it's exciting. I've had to shut the. I'm obviously recording this from home today because of other mm. commitments, um, and I've had to shut the um, the window in the room I'm in, and I'm a little bit disappointed about it because it's so lovely. But I did. I've started this new tradition where every morning when I'm working from home, I, I set the alarm for an hour earlier than I usually used to. Mm. And I go out for a brisk walk. Oh, right, okay. Does that get the blood flowing? I, I'm yeah. just always sleepy around about 11 o'clock, literally when we're recording this. <laughs> do, do, you know what, do you know what I find? It actually, the way it actually works, mm. it's very much like professional athletes do it. Um, what I do <laughs> is I get out and start walking quite fast before I've properly woken up so my body doesn't know what's happening. Oh, so, so you, you can't you, stop like, me. You're, you're at the bus stop and you're still asleep, effectively. Yeah, so I, I, before the body even really knows what's happening, um, I'm already halfway out and I'm as far away from the house as I can be at that point and uh, I have to come back and back. the body's just got to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> and then a cooked breakfast. Yeah, followed by a massive fryer. No, uh, but yeah, so it's, um, that's, I think that's a quite a nice little tradition I'd recommend. And I'd certainly recommend it for you, Mr. Donaldson, because you live in a lovely part of the world now, so you could probably make the most of it. I do, yeah. I mean, I am a little bit concerned that this summer's going to end and I live on the coast now and I am going to be in a situation where um, it's just fucking cold all the time, isn't it? Yeah. I may be at the coast, I may be enjoying watching those uh, ships coming in and going out on my little app, figuring out where they're going uh, and where they're coming back from. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be quite chilly this winter, isn't it? That's what yeah, winter's you, for. You've literally adopted the coast, whereas obviously I was born in it. So mm. um, you are yeah, very I was much born Batman with it too. I'm Bane. You're, you're, yeah, but I was born with it, then I went away, then came back. Oh, you again. were, to be fair, yeah. So, okay, yeah. so I was going to say that you are like, I don't know, some kind of new reality TV show star that's doing like uh, a show about the coast. And you're, you're that guy who's gone mental on GB News now, Neil Oliver. Oh, right, okay. Which one's that one? Is the that guy the, is the that coast. The, uh, Neil Looks Oliver. like James Horncastle. Oh, yeah, he does not look like James Horncastle. He's grown a beard, hasn't he? Yeah. He. So, yeah. what was his kind and of. I'm Captain Birdseye. Because he's all he's he's a historian and he uh, yeah it's always disappointing when men talk like that who are historians who are yeah, doomed I don't to think, I, I, I continue mean, the the long lineage of things getting done incorrectly. Yeah, but I know I know a little bit about this these days, and I don't think Mister Oliver to be to have given the greatest of respect. I don't think he is as qualified as you might think he is. Right. Okay. And I think I yeah. think the reason I know that is because now he's uh, fully adopted the darkness. Mm, he's used that digging. as though. He's used that as like a real um, badge of honour. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm not actually that clever, so I can be on this show. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, he attended the University of Glasgow, obtaining an MA Ons in yeah. archaeology. Uh, he's written all this himself. Uh, let's make that very. Oh, he's clear got, he's got an MA. Yeah, fair enough. Then fair enough. And, I thought I didn't and know then that. it's only one extra year, though, isn't it? I could go back and do an MA in something. MMA yeah. fighting. Um, but he got. <laughs> Imagine he you then signed up to that by accident. <laughs> I smell a sitcom there, Donaldson. You turn up with your notebook and your pen, and you yeah. get a slap across the chops on your first Lovely. day. Lovely. He um, he then worked as a freelance archaeologist. <laughs> wow. What exactly is a freelance archaeologist, Luke Moore? Is that going just... to a field, little spade yeah. on your back? Want that digging, digging up? Sank up. 
<laughs> Surely that's just like a labourer. That's a day labourer, that is, isn't it? <laughs> I'm a freelance archaeologist. See him the next yeah, day. He's got, got a hole on his back. I've got my own uh, pneumatic drill. Let me yeah. at it. <laughs> so, so um, oh, by the way, I'm just for those listening who can hear this, I'm writing notes on a piece of paper today. I hope our lovely friends who listen to the show don't mind that. The reason I'm doing it is because I write the synopsis for the show right. um, every week, and I always forget what we talked about. And it's so, always the way, though. Yeah, so and I'm you forget what, the good, what good bits are and what bad bits are. I do. I do the one with. Um, LeBron Japan. It doesn't matter whether I write long ones, short ones, or nearly nothing at all. Um, same, same amount of people listen. So who's the fool? Me? Yeah. <laughs> it's me. It's me again, guys. Guys, it's normally, me. I mean, to be fair, it is normally you. Yeah, it is. Yes, um, it's usually me. So I've got some news, Pete, and you've probably okay. picked up on it, and I think our listeners will enjoy hearing about this. I've started saying sweet beans a lot. Sweet beans. I think that's one of mine. It I is one of yours. Uh, that's why I've started it. It's an homage. Sweet beans. It's enjoyable. Because <laughs> you kind of change up your vernacular quite often. Yeah. Um, when people sort of uh, twig that you're using something above everything else, like uh, off the dome piece, etc. Yeah. Um, but it, it, you kind of switch over. But you, you're always quick at quite at switching over, and you've got like a, a real database of, of 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 little sayings here and there. And I'm always quite in enamoured uh, as a as a as an occasional broadcaster myself that you've got so much um, variety and texture. I'm a thief. Language. I'm a thief. <laughs> and you're a magpie. You're it's a really magpie. it's really kind of you to say that, and I appreciate it. <laughs> um, while we're complimenting each other, um, I think you've got a lovely um, face. Lovely face. Um, no, I, 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 um, I, I think what I do almost like unconsciously is I hear things that I think are funny or that I like, and I just steal them. Yeah, Look, like, it's proper like theft every single. It is proper theft. It's proper theft. Um, I, I don't have a lovely face at the moment because I've actually got a. Can you see this? Like a weird lump in my eye here. Uh, it's a sty, is my, it? It started off as a sty, and then. After some probing, it's been upgraded to just a massive lump in my eye. Um, and you've got to be careful with eyes, haven't you? you? You reach a little spider's nest. And yeah. you've got to be kind of careful with eye stuff, don't you? You see, I drove past Moorfield's eye hospital yesterday. I thought, I wonder if they could just get rid of a sty, just give it a pop, pop or something. <laughs> just get pop, pop in. in and Did pop you think it just by driving past it, you'd be better? I think so, yeah. yeah just, just <laughs> you get better. A lot of people be- probably believe that sort of uh, caper. If you just I, you know, I, um... healing stones and all that stuff. I think if you, um, if you if basically if someone if you sat down and thought to yourself, what f- parts of the physical body do I a hundred percent definitely need? Yeah, eyes going to be probably top. It's up there, and isn't that's it, yeah. what should concern you. <laughs> you shouldn't. What I'm saying is, kids, if you have got some contact lenses you bought about three years ago off the internet, <laughs> and you have just left a couple of them in the bottom of your dirty bag, it's got all dusty and disgusting. Don't put them in your eyes. I mean, that, that's my that's my only. Don't put stuff at the bottom of your bag. It's all filthy, covered in grot and sand and nonsense. Don't put them in your eye. Don't put keep them, them away from your eye. You bought a pair of. Uh, contact lenses off the internet turned out they were coasters and <laughs> you can't see anything oh, there. so, so, you, but, so you, that's what's happened to it. I think well, I, I kind of thought you were going to say that you mucked around with some makeup for the Wrestle Me live show and it got mm. in your eye or something well you'll notice that my uh, little moustache and uh, soul patch combo is a lot thicker and darker than usual that's because I, I don't I don't, I eschew the uh, common uh, kind of 
clown makeup uh, that uh, that your normal actors would use on stage. I just go straight for the sharpie, uh, and yeah. I couldn't get uh, I couldn't get it out of my beard to be honest. But it, was very <laughs> it did quite resemble Jimmy Mouth of the South. Yeah, you, I, I enjoyed the video. For those who haven't seen that, obviously, and those who don't know of, of, of whom I'm sure there are none, but just in case, Pete mm. does another show with Mark Haynes called Wrestle Me, and they had a live show at the London Podcast Festival. And you come out as Jimmy Mouth of the South Heart, mm. um, and who, who was Mark? Uh, Mark was Big Boss Man. Oh, that's right. He looked great. He he did look great. He, he's got that lovely goatee beard. His hair's a little longer than Big Boss Man, but uh, he, he he in any way in any way he looked like a a really disappointing stripper. <laughs> he looked like what? proper <laughs> Magic Mike parochial church hall kind of performance. It really Listen, was, as long as he wasn't serving hard time, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I'm absolutely fine with that. So, Such a so, Pete, theme. so, so um, I hear that you had an absolutely lovely time at the London Podcast Festival, and you really enjoyed the event as well. <laughs> I did. I enjoyed the people. Yeah, the, the smells, the sights, and the sounds. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's, it's what else were you doing this? Anyone. What else were you doing this weekend? I mean, mainly that, to be honest. I was helping out Clash of the Titans as well, one of our other stack shows that uh, pitched two uh, pitched two um, movies against each other. They were doing uh, Ninja Tur- uh, the Ninja Turtle movie from the late eighties, and uh, Howard the Duck. Do you remember Howard the Duck, Luke? I do remember it. Was like it. A, um, it, I was, it was like a really adult kind of like swing and a miss in many uh, oh, yeah. ways um, of just this kind of like swearing. George Lucas, right? sexually charged duck yeah it was george lucas very yeah so i'm a fan of clash of the titles i love the guys and i love the show and um i I, whenever i see or hear what film they're doing i was i tend to listen more when it's a film or a couple of films that i know you know yeah Uh, and i i was and i I really used to love the teenage mutant ninja turtles film as a kid Mm. for some reason i was like obsessed with uh casey jones the uh ice hockey mask wearing definitely cool definitely the coolest part of he was just cool right didn't he have a cricket bat he had a cricket bat didn't he he had had like a bag with loads of different weapons that are all sports (laughs) implements and he looked a a bit like buffalo bill from uh uh, same actor uh, no film no is it no i don't know not surely not buffalo buffalo bill is buffalo bill is a classic character (laughs) classic (laughs) character a real life character as well i believe um anyway Um, but I couldn't really remember Howard the Duck, and I, rem- I remember I googled it and found some really weird behind-the-scenes photos of Howard. Mm. Um, and I think it was one of those things where they tried to make look. It's, it's ostensibly looks like a kids' film, but it's actually really raunchy and weird. Yeah. And it just, it, as far as I remember, it massively flopped. But um, I haven't listened to that. Ep- I don't know if they're going to release that episode, a live episode. If they do, I'll listen to it and see what they've. The, the 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 funny thing is that obviously, um, you know, Howard the Duck is uh, romancing women uh the mum out of yeah. um, back to the future in, in fact and 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 he's she's had a funny you know, time of it she's had a funny time of it you know what so i think both films were released in the same year i think and one was uh her trying to sleep with her son yeah uh, and the other film was trying to sleep with a duck so but the weirdest <laughs> thing is the creepiest <laughs> thing is um when this duck is climbing on her um that's that's a 13 year old child in there that's a 13 yeah. year old child in there it's back Child's in like the late eighties, isn't it? Before yeah, I know. It's, stuff, you know. it's not right. It's just not yeah. right when you start to think about it. But um, speaking of movies, uh, uh, Luke, you've been back and forth to the cinema a couple of times, haven't you? Well, the West Norwood Picture House is open for business again. Nice. And, uh, it's a I nice cinema. For ages. Few, few, um, few um, question marks around some of the ways that the cinema is run. Apparently, <laughs> right, right. But I haven't delved into that too deeply, chiefly because. And if anyone listening is also in the same boat as me on this, they'll know what I mean. It's very seductive having a cinema an under five minute walk from your house. 
It is, because yeah. And, and your amazing. ethics do go out the window when you've either got trip to the multiplex or trip to um, a smaller one week and have a glass of wine. Yeah. And and that will that that's what wins over for me. So so there's exactly. a great um there's a I mean obviously I don't want to libel a company on on this show so I, I can't really go into detail but um the there is a little seating area there there's a library there's a bar there's a mini Ooh, restaurant it's, it's great it is great mm. and and the best thing is that you know you know what London's like it's forty five minutes to go anywhere in London so yeah. to have like a five minute walk home it's just an amazing thing so anyway. We've been members at the Picture House since it opened, and obviously it closed for a long time due to COVID. Um, and but in the last couple of weeks, I've been there to see the People Just Do Nothing movie, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed. Um, which, which I need to get your take on because you're a Japan, you're a Japanophile. Japanophile. So yeah. It, it, it looked from the from the outside, it looked like one of those classic kind of. We've run out of ideas, so let's have. Um, is it Tom? Remember when Tom Green did the uh, Japanese Subway Monkey Hour? Where you just sort of roll around the floor in the middle of Shibuya Station or whatever. I do remember that. Um, yeah. it, it does, and, and like you know, jackass in Japan. It's always like those kind of you've run out of stuff. Let's take them to the weird, perverted uh, world that is that is Japan. But I've heard that it's actually quite you know responsible, quite funny. Yeah, so I think uh, the reason the reason look, I wouldn't profess to be an expert in Japanese culture. So look, this is just a layman saying this. But the reason I think I think I am kind of reasonably sensitive to to what is acceptable in 2021 and what isn't mm. and i say reasonably pete because no doubt you'll probably disagree but but the, <laughs> the 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 idea being i think that with that particular movie um that the whole premise of people just do nothing and corrupt fm is that they're always the butt of the joke right so they're completely deluded so yeah. if, if they have like a big whether it's through the series or in the movie itself they have like a a set piece gag or something funny happens invariably they're the butt of the joke right so it doesn't actually really go there to poke fun at Japanese culture. It's kind of look at these guys who are already completely clueless, be even more clueless because they're so out of their comfort zone. They have no idea what to expect. Like mm. the only thing I would say is that, um, and I, I actually really love people just do nothing, not just because I think it's a great show, but just because I spent five years living, sorry, working in Brentford where they're from mm. and they're so authentic and everything is shot in Brentford. They clearly love the area. They also love the music that they kind of lampoon. They're genuinely really good. And there's also, I mean, going back to what we were saying just on off air earlier, Pete, and I, I, maybe people will roll their eyes at this, but far too often in media, the people who achieve the people, whether it's in comedy or drama or whatever, are just posh, wealthy people. Mm-hmm. And I do think the guys who do people just do nothing are authentic. They're working class lads. They're funny. They came up doing YouTube videos. They were friends at college. They're just normal people. Mm. And it's really good to see them do well. And even though I don't know them or anything, I've never met any of them. Um, I just feel quite weirdly like from a distance proud of what they've been able to do and so i'm probably just colored by the fact that i want to see them do well so i'm obviously gonna have a sympathetic view of the movie i enjoyed the movie anyway i thought it was funny i thought it did suffer a little bit from that kind of let's just take these people that um how would i put it so so pete remember when you interviewed armando yanucci and you were talking about partridge and talking about one of the great and i thought it was a really astute question you spoke you asked and yanucci where you said you asked him if when they do new things like they make a partridge movie are they aware of the fact that he works in 
well and works best in really small confined spaces and if you take him out of those confined spaces he kind of seems a bit weird do you remember that yeah yeah yeah. yeah and yeah, Yanucci yeah. was like yeah we thought about that that's why we made the whole movie Alpha Papa about a siege and all the rest of it I do feel like this movie suffered a little bit from them being like having the whole world do you know what yes. I mean yeah, because yeah, Brentford yeah, is almost so such a big part of the, of the show that it's almost mm. a character in its own right so that felt a bit odd but once I got used to that it was kind of it was a bit safer than usual which you'd expect I suppose but it was it was cool I think it's. I think that film twenty years ago would just be, we're off to Japan. Shot with them going, oh my god, you know, schoolgirl pants on their heads and you know, walking around Shibuya station and stuff. Yeah, it's. I think celery flavored coke. Yeah, yeah, you've got to be careful. Oh no, there's a crab with eyes that's moving and we're eating it, like all that shit. You thought that, but so I think nowadays you have to be a hell of a lot more responsible. But yeah, I'm. I've never seen any. Uh, amounts of, of that TV show, but the clips that I've seen, I, I've enjoyed. I, I very much enjoyed um, the Chibuddy G. Is that the guy? Yeah. Big, big guy. Does just walk as adverts and, and BA. Uh, BA um, he, he does the BA in flight safety video, does, yeah. which is so funny when I first saw that. Yeah. And he's like, um, and uh, he was sort of saying that, like, he was, he was criticized in. The Guardian or whatever for uh, you know doing a you know stereotypical um, accent. And it's like that's my fucking dad's accent. Yeah, he like, said that. Yeah, he said, literally he myself. Said, the the entire my... character is based on my dad and a couple of my uncles. So <laughs> I, I imagine he probably knows more about it than the fucking yeah, Guardian exactly. newspaper. So but fucking silly, isn't it? I am. Um, yeah, I, I know. I don't want to be kind of too class warrior about it because I know it's a bit boring for people, and, and perhaps people listening to this to this show from from not from the UK probably won't won't vibe with it but you know it is true to say that the media is terrible for that media is like the class system in media is so bad and i don't personally feel like we've ever had a problem with it because you and i have done okay and and we, we you know whatever but and we it's just refreshing dirt 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 uh, places football wrestling <laughs> yeah true no, yeah, yeah true uh, you, but, but the thing is though Pete, you, you would you would you would have um hundred i mean there's a there's a reason that um for example I don't know, look, I'm not going to get into it because it's boring. But anyway, look, the point is that I, 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 I actually saw a couple of them. So Alan Mustafa and Steve Stamp, who play Grinder and Steve's in the show, they we were at the British Podcast Awards and they were there and they won obviously won a lot of things. Mm. And um, the fact that they were there and they stayed there the whole time and they were really cool and they really, seemed really happy to be there. They just seemed like, like enjoying the ride, having a great time, doing, doing what they do best and doing it really mm. well. And they deserve to be rewarded for it. And I'm really, really pleased for how well they've done because you just don't see it happen that often. And mm. that's sad. You know, it's a sad thing. So the fact that they're an exception that proves the rule is a bit of a shame, but good on them, I say. I, I say more power to their elbow. And they're working on another show at the moment, I think, um, Set in the eighties, I think it might be a comedy drama th- type thing with um, you know Tom Davis, the big guy who does all that comedy stuff. Yes, okay, yeah, right. So okay, cool. who knows what they'll be doing next? But I saw that, and anyway, oh. listen, I also saw very quickly. I also saw that Shang Chi film. Right. Yes. Okay. The Marvel yeah, yeah, movie, because yeah. obviously my I've, wife, the wife I have I, access to, is obsessed with Marvel, and that was good I as well. Know. I enjoyed that. I mean, I don't know if that was pretty. I mean, presumably, it's got a lot of plaudits for being so. I don't know how faithful that was to Chinese culture and Chinese law and stuff, but. Um, it seemed to be, and it, it was. It was. I mean, the best I can say is that almost all the main characters in it were actually Chinese, which is a cool thing. Mm. Um, so it was. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was a, a really good kind of. You know what you're going to get with a Marvel movie. It's not like it. You know, an amazing plot twist that made me reassess my life. But it was lots of fun. 
Well, I, I, we've spoken about this before, but a lot of big budget, big um, uh, studio movies these days get an extra act jammed in for the Chinese market, the emerging Chinese market. Market's yeah. not even emerging; it's just the biggest. It's the biggest territory. I found um, that so odd so when I, you told so me I, that. So I wonder. I wonder if what they're going to do with this one is more like just make it longer. Yeah. <laughs> would you reckon they would have to? No, I well, I, they'd probably have to be careful about how they how they represented um, Chinese history, I suppose, which most films are these days. You know, the the Top Gun removing the Taiwan badge and all that stuff. The um, the the uh, the, the the main guy, I think, out of Shang Chi. I'm unfamiliar with the character. I don't know much about Marvel at all, um, and, I, and I've barely watched any of their films even. But the the, the main guy uh, apparently used to be one of those. Um, one of those like Getty Image kind of um, stock photo models. How oh, do they? So That's there's funny. like loads of shots this morning. Someone sort of discovered this, uh, and 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 that he's like just doing all these like poses and stuff in the boardroom as <laughs> like a director of a company. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's um, it. it's um, it's funny. I bet he's fuming about that. It's funny because <laughs> I know he's done some. So you talk about Simu Lu, I think his name is right. Okay, um, and he's done a fair amount of TV, but it's mm. kind of mad that. Apart from the fact that he was an extra back in 2013 in Pacific Rim, mm. I think I think Shang Chi is only a second ever film. I like that a lot. Got a lot of time for that. And imagine how and we and we were um, we were talking. I was talking to someone. I mean, there's a show we're stacker making in in production at the moment. It's a fictional film, a fictional show, and uh, as a result, obviously, it's got quite a few actors in it. And I was talking to one of the actors, and um, he was he's been in quite a few things. Um, you'd probably you'd probably recognize. I don't want to name him because it wouldn't be fair, but you'd probably recognize him a couple of bits. And he was saying, like, acting now it can be depending on what project you're on can be completely different because I just don't. A lot of time I just don't go places. Mm. They don't need to. So I can so as in like when you when you're so acting, what you just he, he was using an example that stone soundstage. He was using, yeah he was using an example that like um there's a lot of green screen work, a lot of yeah. um, ADR stuff. I think it's cool where you do the additional dialogue recording afterwards. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's a completely different thing. So, for example, I don't know. He didn't use this example, but a great example would be, I suppose, like famously back when Gone in the Wind was made, which is obviously mm. a hugely problematic film for lots of different reasons. But when talking about the particular production itself, when they did that famous scene um, where the whole village burns, they they spent weeks setting up the village and then they actually burnt it and actually burned yeah. it. Yeah, so like obviously, <laughs> obviously, I don't do that now. So, so I think it obviously maybe it started with um, Lord of the Rings, where people I think get confused about what parts of it are actually being filmed in New Zealand and what parts of it are being filmed green screen because it's obviously mm. blurred and it, and it, you know it's obviously credit to how good the films are that it's kind of blurred and you can't really tell when one stops and the other starts. Mm. I don't know if the future is going to be they're going to do an awful lot more of that. So it's, I guess what I'm saying is that makes the challenge of acting quite different, right? Oh, these, these kind of like libraries uh, of footage and uh, backgrounds and you, you can have this situation where like they don't even use green screen anymore. There's this big kind of like spherical um, screen effectively that in completely envelops, completely wraps around uh, the actors as they're acting. And then the and then the camera is uh, you know gyroscopically balanced and, and kind of um, the computer knows exactly where it is, what it's pointing at, where it's going, what right. it's, what it's focusing on, and so therefore uh, it will project very much like if you sort of take the camera as like a VR headset, it yeah. will project where the camera is looking, like round, like on the actual. Um, sphere itself so you so the, the the actors can be in the scene and it looks completely the same as uh, as what you would get on a green screen what you would get in a composite thing but the actors can kind of see 
where they are and, and, and they get a better performance out of them. So that's going to be interesting to see oh. how far that technology can go. These massive high definition spherical uh, screens that can adjust to uh, adjust to where you're filming and stuff like that. It's, it's yeah. fascinating. What I mean, I didn't understand do. much of that. But just I basically you. making a big digital set that you don't have to like build and, and burn down. Does presumably. that mean like even you and I could just make a movie? We could make a. I mean, we could make a movie now. It would just be very off. good, Luke. I do. I, do I, I was watching. Um, for some reason, I'm watching the uh, TV show Shit's Creek. Very good. Very relaxed kind of watch, uh, and you know, important in, in certain ways. Um, and I was watching the. Um, you know, even the smallest kind of like lowliest production uses you know digital Hollywood techniques. Like so. They're outside. It's a Christmas um, show that would probably be filmed in like August. So everyone's got their big coats on and they've covered the set in snow. And then they have that digital um, uh, kind of uh, warm uh, vapor breath coming yeah. out of the actors and stuff. And it never looks good. It's so difficult to get right, that sort of thing. And so much of films obviously aren't filmed at that time of year. So they can't make the, the set cold. They can't do like, what they did in like horror movies in the 70s, just make one room really, really Yeah, cold. The Exorcist like, did that, didn't the they? they? They refrigerated like, an entire room. Yeah. So, so, so now they just add, they've just got loads of alpha channeled um, breath. Uh, sort of uh, animations and they just put them on the actors and they move them as the actors move and they as they do the p's and the t's and the d's um they they, they make them kind of like come out at a, at a higher velocity and it's all digital and it's all uh, you can always tell when it's done badly you, you know you, it oh, really yeah. looks good that sort of thing so there's well, still there's still some way to go i think and it's always around the um, fringes rather than the main thing itself. There's always those little kind of touches that kind of take you out of stuff a little bit. Oh, there's a whole like, there's a whole like blogging community, like internet community around people looking for errors and that kind of stuff anyway. Mm. But, but um, it's, with Shang-Chi, I wonder, because, you know, if you watch Jurassic Park now, it still looks pretty good. And I think that's because they did like a, they did like a variation of like puppetry and CGI mm. and all the rest of it. Mm. Uh, but there's a lot of movies that have had big budgets since Jurassic Park. They all look do look quite shit now, but I think it's quite. I mean, this might be naive of me to say, but it's quite difficult to imagine something like Shang Chi looking bad in like ten years' time. I mean, it's it's incredible how good it Spot. looks. I have no idea how they filmed, you know, hardly any of it really. <laughs> it's crazy. Getting on like, set, getting on set. I don't know how we're going to do this. <laughs> yeah, it's an amazing thing though. It's like an amazing. I understand it like at a very basic level. Someone who's <laughs> never made a podcast before will go into our studio and be like, "Well, how does this fucking work?" Obviously, that's human <laughs> nature. But like to, to to get to get it to look so good. And listen, you know, if it's a Marvel movie, you always watch to the end of the credits because there's always a little scene at the end, which mm. I personally find a little bit obnoxious. But there we go. <laughs> At least what it does do is it gives you an appreciation for exactly the amount of people working on those movies. It's ridiculous. It's thousands yeah. of people, literally. So I don't, there you go. I don't know. We'll, we'll jump to a break uh, very, 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 very briefly, very, very shortly. But uh, I, I, it just always makes me giggle. Like, why have they never done like it? Because cinema is all about rags to riches, kind of the underdog stories, and 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 with a dose of reality. Why has nobody ever just handed over a script and fifty million dollars to someone who's never directed? doesn't really watch a lot of films and i'd like to put my hat in the ring for yeah. that just create the world's worst film just because a man just has no idea about the limitations or the the, the creativity one could have uh behind didn't that it. guy make a career doing that and they make that movie the room and it's become like a cult classic 
Yeah, but he clearly had some chops, you know what I mean? He clearly knew kind of what he was doing, and he still made a terrible film. So look, maybe they should maybe they should just be a they should hand over twenty million, thirty million to to, to an idiot. I'm happy to not even make up. the film, to be honest. I <laughs> just have the twenty million. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, All right, let's have a break because we're way over time. We'll come back right. and we'll squeeze an email in because there's Pete, it's late twenty minutes here now. It's twenty five twenty six minutes. I enjoy it. All right, cool. Uh see you in a minute. It's transfer deadline day. Ashwood City are drifting under manager Sven Joran Eriksson and chief executive Patrick Nolan is willing to do whatever it takes to turn things round. Oh, look, it's just for a season or two, you know. We, we get them really cheap, you know, 10% of what they're worth in some cases. And, I mean, the sponsors it would attract as well as the cachet. Patrick Nolan, MBE, stop talking. This is a fucking Tevez and Mascherano player heist. In the award-winning football mockumentary, The Offensive, the thick of it meets the Premier League, and things are about to reach breaking point in the boardroom. That's the rules, Woody. Oh, so now we like the rules, do we? Woody, you can't just move a piece and make up how to play. Well, you don't get to tell me what I can and can't do. No, move that back. Fucking get off. Don't touch my pieces. You're cheating. You're cheating. Cheating. That's an invasion of my pieces, that. Stop fingering my bishop. You don't know where he's been. It's not... Oh... Start your Ashwood City journey and listen to The Offensive wherever you get your podcasts. The Offensive is a Stack Production. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. It's the Luca Pete Show, and we're back for literally one email and three minutes of content. <laughs> we've, we've managed to, we've jumped the shark, Luke. This is the longest we've ever gone on, drawn down about nothing before yeah. we get to your emails. But don't worry, Thursday's show is full of grace. Well, Thursday's you, show is full of emails. You don't know that, we haven't made it yet. No, we haven't made um, it yet. Okay, I'll give you a choice. Do you want an email about um, a, a listener's parent porn collection? Yes, please, want... that one. Yep, that okay, one. Yep, I yep, thought yep. you might. No need to prevaricate or chat about that. Let's just get involved. Okay, so I'll read it because the person wants to be kept anonymous. Okay. Um, and uh, he, 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 I can say it's a he. He says, yeah. please don't mention my surname due to the obviously mortifying nature of this email. I'm going to go one better than that. I'm not even going to mention your first name. Um, <laughs> you are safe with us, chiefly because I'm reading the email out and not Peter. He says, on the recent episode, you mentioned how have you ever happened mentioned that if you ever happened to stumble upon a stash of pornography in the house, mm-hmm. you would always assume that it belonged to your dad. One year, when I was around 15 or 16, I was snooping around the house when it was empty. It was coming up to a birthday or Christmas. I can't remember which, but I was looking for presents. Uh, in the back of the wardrobe, 
I found an old shoebox <laughs> that seemed a little bit too heavy. Upon removing the lid, I found a stash of around 60 to 70 burnt DVDs with titles handwritten on the front in pen, the highlights of which include, and I quote, Two Dicks, One Chick, uh, <laughs> and, and Backdoor Slut 9, which wow. is forever burnt into my retina. Just the next one. As you said, you would always assume this was your dad's stash. However, I come from a single-parent-only child household. It's just me and my mum. Nice. The only conclusion I could unfortunately draw was that it was my mum's collection. I'm not even going to read what he said about his own mother there, because uh, I think that's disrespectful. He said absolute fiend. He described <laughs> her as an absolute fiend. Uh, look, great collection, 60 you. to 70 burnt DVDs. That is, by anyone's... Serious uh, collector. That's a that's a full weekend, isn't it? That is a full weekend. It's so, a serious yeah. collector. On and, hands, and you loved, you do love to see it. I mean, I'd love to see uh, a, a shoebox full of DVDs, but I also love to see, you know, the the the, the liberation of mum. So it's, 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 it's an it's an it's an it's an an, off, an often undermentioned idea yeah. that mm-hmm. we said it, didn't we? We predicted it when we said it a few weeks ago. Yeah. You're always going to assume you talked about your dad with his special cupboard with the key, mm-hmm. and I said people are always going to assume it's their dad's collection, but it might not all always be the case and <laughs> never and what's happened lo and behold someone's emailed in confirming that suspicion what i like about it when you were off a few weeks ago luke i sent a microphone and headphone and webcam uh, set to my dad uh, to record a luke and peach yeah, show because i'd be a fun guest and he and he just he just mugged me off he said he said yes to it and then at the last minute well not in the last minute he, he just sort of said no I, I i don't feel comfortable doing this and Instead, what's happened is I've exposed him as a as a as a porno fan uh, and talked about his pornography collection on this podcast. So look, he's only got himself to blame in many ways. <laughs> I'm, I'm not surprised he doesn't want to front up. He's probably listened to an episode in preparation and gone, "Well, fuck that." I hate doing that. Um, that teach him. Yeah, oy, oy, oy. I think. Um, I th- look, I think it's really important that we expose the uh, the lies of modern life for what they are, Peter. Mm-hmm. And indeed, the fact that we in, in the nineties. It was just dads watching porn is clearly incorrect. Yeah. You know, and the world's a better place for it. Equal opportunities, I say. Thanks for your message, Steve or Paul or whoever it was. <laughs> I actually can't remember his name because I, I deleted it out because we shared the document and I knew that you were given half a chance to actually say it. So Yeah, you wrote, to be kept an honest Peter and wrote a non at the end. So uh, well yeah. done you, Luke. Well done. I, 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 don't, I don't believe in making extra work for myself by having to go back and bleep out <laughs> names that I've already said. So that's why. Um, look, yeah, well, that's, that's, I think that, to be fair, that is a fitting email to, to, to squeeze in. Um, oh, it's the backdoor sluts nine of uh, podcast emails. <laughs> it really is. I'm surprised your dad doesn't want to be on this show. Really surprised. backdoor slut. That's what I've <laughs> heard. Do you think your dad um, sees? Does your dad support your career choice, or does he, does he not really care? Does he not really get it? I've said it before. He used to uh, when I was on national radio. He would send me documentaries on Radio Four that was on at the exact same time as my radio show. So he yeah. has no interest or you know love for what I do. <laughs> It's oh, fine. it became absolutely fine. It became clear, and my dad is very proud of it. I'm very, very fortunate because I think my parents would have been proud of whatever I want to do. Um, you know, and they they didn't push me to do anything I didn't want to do, and they were they were kind of cool always. That's um, why your twenties were like they were. Exactly. That's why I had an absolute <laughs> nightmare. Yeah, and I still am. Um, no, but my but um, and so they. Are, it's not like they don't care. But my dad about I think I went down for for, for Father's Day, made a barbecue or something, and he and it became quite clear quite quickly that he. Um, he thought I still just talk about football every day. Right, okay, that's, yeah, 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 yeah. That's oh, that, of... that's definitely the situation. He probably, my dad probably thinks I'm still on the radio, to be quite frank. <laughs> right. 
I think my parents got my parents were really happy when I was like, had that show on Talksport for a bit, and they used to listen. I think they listened to about two or three weeks. That's the thing that this the, the legitimacy of, uh, of of conventional broadcasting. I think uh, it, it really hits home with parents. They podcast can't really get their head around to be honest. No, and my mum, my mum, my mum did say to me that um, the show that I did on Talksport wasn't the same when Danny Kelly left, which I completely agree with. <laughs> and I was, and that was one of the biggest bugbears I had as well. Yeah. But it was disappointing to hear that from, from my mum. Because so, it was uh, your show after that, wasn't it, really? <laughs> well, uh, so would, so would, yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's a bit, it's, that's it's a, a shame. Yeah, it's a, you know that scene in the thick of it where um, he's talking about Johnny Vaughan and Denise Van Houten hosting the Brig Breakfast? Right. And um, everyone really loved it. And then he says, he uses it an insult. He says, right, and now this is like season 19 and the, the tea lady's presenting it and no one knows who they are and everyone's <laughs> turned off. Basically, that was what I wanted to talk about. Anyway, let's oh, get out dear. of here. We'll be back on Thursday, won't we, Peter? We will. Enjoy us. Endure us. On the Twitter, we are at Luke and Pete Shaw. You can also get us on Instagram as well, uh, Luke and Pete Shaw. But do drop us an email, hello at lukeandpeteshaw.com. Uh, if you found anything uh, savoury or unsavoury in Mama's cupboard, uh, <laughs> let us know. And uh, we'll be back on Thursday. See you later. Ta-ta. Bye. Luke and Pete Show is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.